Making the community a healthier place is always at the forefront of what we're doing at the Portage Health Foundation. And one of the ways we're doing that is with the PHF podcast. I'm Michael Babcock, and I host this podcast where we tell the stories of the people, organizations, projects, and events that are focused on improving the health of our community. From meeting the people behind the scenes at our farmers markets, understanding more about our local education, emergency services, nonprofit, or criminal justice systems, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Simply search Portage Health Foundation. Back here on Copper Country Today, I'm Grant Ducetta. This segment brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. Learn more at phfgive.org. My guest is Michelle Morgan from Keweenaw Support for Healthy Minds, which is pretty close to brand new. And maybe you can talk about the organization. It's fairly new. It seemed to get its genesis on Memorial Day of last year when the sheriff held an open house about mental health issues here in the Capra country and perhaps why some of them are not being addressed to the way that he would have preferred. Yes, in fact, uh, that was at the end of May last year and um, I participated in a community forum in which we talked about what services for mental health and substance use were available and what was still missing. And uh, from that meeting, um, I invited people to join me to develop a group to help support people who have mental health and substance use issues, um, to fill in some of the gaps. Um, now, our group is, is not uh, designed to be uh, providing services ourselves. Um, we're not therapists. We're not um, offering any kind of treatment. Um, but what we offer is uh, the support to people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, and substance use. And maybe you can talk about your background. I believe you've worked with some of the agencies here locally over your career. Yes. Um, about three years ago, I retired after working for many years for Copper Country Mental Health Services. Um, I was their psychiatrist and a medical director there. And that's how I came to learn about all of the uh, agencies in the area that are trying to help with all these needs and also the places where we really need to work on prevention to try to reduce the, um, the need for services. The new group, Support for Healthy Minds, what is the niche there? What are the gaps that you are filling? Well, as I mentioned, we're not there to provide more services. Fortunately, there are people who are working on increasing the services in this area. Um, our role is really prevention and first and foremost to try to reduce the stigma of mental health and substance use so that people will be less uh, ashamed of getting services, of asking for help, um, so that we can talk openly about all of these issues, which are, are things that happen to everybody. Um, anxiety, depression, substance use, everybody knows someone if they don't have that issue themselves. Um, so we're trying to stamp out stigma. Um, we're also uh, in interested in teaching the community to be resilient, to develop uh, skills to work uh, around stressors. Um, we're also interested in the future in developing a support network of non-professionals to help people get through difficult times. As far as building up a volunteer network, it seems like between two universities, especially one in Michigan Tech, where students come in from outside of the area, they're coming from Detroit and uh, Milwaukee and the, the like, is there an opportunity there to get them to volunteer and get involved with helping out 
the copper country proper with mental health support issues. Well, we would certainly like it if they would uh, step up and, and join us. Our group is really designed to try to appeal to all age groups, and um, we'd like the involvement of younger people as well as the uh, middle-aged and older people. Um, we also welcome people who have struggled with mental health issues and substance use um, because we can learn an awful lot from them and their uh, ability to overcome these issues. Um, we welcome... Uh, um, anyone who would like to be a part of helping this community become more resilient. We have some great organizations around here, like Little Brothers, Friends of the Elderly, who are always making sure that they're stopping by on a regular basis for people who may be lonely, that kind of stuff. Are there any uh, issues in particular that you think just aren't addressed locally that you would like to see maybe some more work towards? Well, actually, there are a lot, um, and that's... Um, you know, not to say anything negative about any of these other organizations, everyone is doing their part to try to help. But I think the issue of stigma is a huge one that prevents people from getting help. And that's why we need to be having these kinds of discussions. And uh, the Mining Gazette is doing a great job of publishing articles about mental health and substance use to try to help all of us recognize that um, we're all human beings and we all need support. Um, so I think that's a major area where we can all do more work. Um, I think also the um, community organizations that are out there are, are really great. Uh, our schools are doing a great job of helping young people uh, learn how to manage stress. Um, but there are the people who fall through the cracks, um, the people who aren't part of an organization, part of a church, or part of a school. And those are often the people who um, are feeling most alone and isolated and could best use the support before they get to the point of crisis. You mentioned breaking down the stigma of being uh, perhaps depressed, maybe suicidal, perhaps using some sort of substance that you're not supposed to be using. I guess, where's the source of people being concerned about how others think? Is it more, are they worried about their own family and what they'll think if certain issues come to light? Are they worried about how law enforcement will react, how health professionals, whether it be doctors, nurses, uh, hospital workers, who or what is kind of the, the source of the stigma that uh, people are so concerned about opening up about their problems? Well, I, I, that's an excellent question, and I think it has many answers. Um, I think, first of all, um, there's a, just a long history of uh, the mistaken belief that people who have issues with mental health or substance use um, simply have weak characters, um, simply need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, and um, they become the articles of, of shame and blame. Um, and that, of course, only makes things worse for them. And so I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I know as I worked for many years at Copper Country Mental Health Services, people were extremely reluctant to come there, um, to be seen going in and out of the clinic building. They're concerned about what the community thinks um, and as well as their family. And, and also the stigma that they have within themselves about, you know, I... I 
if I have depression, it's my own fault, or um, if I have anxiety, it's something I should just deal with. Um, so it's got multiple layers, but it's definitely strong and there, and the only way to deal with it is by talking openly about it and recognizing that you're not alone. Having these kinds of struggles is very common, um, actually much more common in the last couple of years with all the stress we've all been under. Um, so yes, uh, you're not alone out there. How do you differentiate between somebody going through a tough time because circumstances have gotten rough versus somebody who's truly struggling with depression or mental illness? I'll give myself as an example. I had a stretch. I've buried both my parents. I'm only 34 and I buried both my parents over a decade ago at this point. Um, at the same time, my two grandparents on my mom's side were struggling and they've both passed away now. Cancer, heart disease, uh, their livers were going, all kinds of issues. Um, my grandma was developing dementia on my dad's side. And so that stretch <laughs> where I was caring for three or four different close family members, I was burying you know, a parent. I buried my father when I was just 14. There was no way that was going to be a good stretch. It just wasn't possible. And eventually, some of the issues that I was going through tended to lift over time just because eventually we got out of a, a, a period where everything was, was rough. How do you differentiate between going through a hard time, because everybody has one at some point, versus really needing help? Well, um, first of all, I'm, I'm really sorry for your losses. I mean, those are tremendous losses all at once. Um, and, you're, and again, you're not alone in that. Um, and, and the other thing I would say is that in a lot of ways, it doesn't matter um, if you can pinpoint a cause for your depression or anxiety or not. Um, all people who experience, experience losses like this need support. And, and I would be willing to bet that you had people around you to support you through your losses. I would hope so anyway. Yes, I did. Um, yes. And um, that's really key. The relationships, the connection that you feel to other human beings is key to uh, coming through difficult stretches. Sometimes it's more challenging when you can't pinpoint what has caused your depression. And then you blame yourself even more thinking that I have no reason to de be depressed. I have all these wonderful things. Um, and, and that gets to more self-blame and worsens the depression. In any case, uh, whether you can find a cause or not, um, you are deserving of help and support. Um, and uh, we leave it up to the professionals to decide if there's a diagnosed mental illness or not. Um, regardless, um, everyone deserves support. We mentioned that support for healthy minds seemed to come about because of an open house, a forum that was being hosted by the Keweenaw County Sheriff's Office. Are there more of those types of settings being planned in the future where we can discuss at a community level some of the issues that we're facing? Um, to my knowledge, there isn't, but then I, I don't always know what's going on in the community. Um, I would certainly welcome another opportunity to discuss things, um, especially as 
Um, new opportunities are coming up. Um, we're hearing more about increased funding for uh, mental health services, efforts to bring professionals to this area. Um, we have a new clinic in town um, designed to try to fill in some of the gaps. So talking more and more about what we are providing and what we can do um, to help people with mental illness and, and depression and anxiety and substance use. Um, I always welcome the opportunity to do that, in addition to um, helping to overcome stigma. Over the span of your career, and then also now with your involvement with these different types of community groups, mental illness, depression, has the scope changed? Is it the same as it was, say, 20 years ago, or are we facing new challenges maybe in the age of social media, et cetera, that we just didn't have to worry about, say, in 1995, for example? Um, well, I don't know if 1995 was a very good year, <laughs> but um, basically um, there are always new challenges. Um, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, there were issues coming up for people um, that seemed like they were overwhelming then. Um, and now there are new issues, um, certainly with the pandemic, and the effect that's had on people's lives and incomes, um, that's another uh, factor which increases the risk for depression and anxiety and substance use. Um, we've seen that in kids, too. Um, so I wouldn't say necessarily that there was a golden age where we didn't have these troubles, but um, we certainly are seeing across the board an increase in risk factors for depression, anxiety, and substance use. And I think I've asked this very question to say Gail Plo on this program before. When we're talking about substance abuse, is that because of mental illness, do you think, or is it a perhaps a cause of mental illness in and of itself? Um, both, actually. Um, and they are very much intertwined. Um, some of the same um, issues that lead to Substance use can also lead to depression. Um, some substances themselves can make a person depressed or anxious or, or withdrawing from those substances. Um, and we also know that people who have mental illness are much more likely to use substances, um, sometimes in an effort to um, self-medicate or, um, you know, quiet whatever uh, problems are going on within them, uh, anxiety or depression. Um, but it all ends up being balled up in one difficult um, situation where each makes the other worse. Um, and um, it, trying to tease it out, which one came first, is not always easy and um, not always productive. Maybe you have some idea on this uh, particular topic as far as given your, your career in that. When people resort to some sort of substance abuse, is it an attempt to feel normal? What is kind of the driving factor for the origin of, of such a thing? Um, again, multiple causes. Um, we know now, though, from, from studies that have been done that the same factors that often lead to substance use um, can lead to mental illness, as I've said. Um, childhood trauma or um, household dysfunction um, are very common in the backgrounds of people who um, either begin using substances or um, develop depression and anxiety. Um, 
Um, that's why prevention often focuses on the young and trying to mitigate those uh, traumatic experiences. And um, it's it's true that there's um, a common um, experience of experimenting with drugs and alcohol, often when you're young, um, and not everyone goes on to develop a substance use disorder. Um, but again, those risk factors um, in childhood can certainly add up and make the person much more likely to become addicted to a substance. And of course, um, genetics and family history can play a role. There's a bunch of organizations, I'm thinking of Dial Help among others, that will have various support groups and, and types of events that go on throughout the calendar. Is that something that your organization does or is working towards, or is that not the, the niche, so to speak, that you want to fill? We're hoping to actually work in tandem with those other groups. Um, I, you know, in some ways we overlap and that we're all working on trying to prevent crises, um, especially suicide. Um, but I think we have our own ways of doing that, which can be very complementary. Um, at this point, again, our organization is less than a year old, and um, we are working, we've developed our vision and our our mission statements, and that's going to guide us in the future. Um, in the near future, we're hoping to bring uh, free training to um, everyday individuals for how to talk to somebody who might be in a crisis. Um, and um, that will be working toward our goal of in increasing talking about mental health, um, as well as um, supporting those who are at risk. Are there monthly meetings? If somebody wants to get involved with your organization, how would they do it? Yes, we meet uh, once a month at the last on the last Tuesday of the month. So our next meeting is Tuesday, February twenty second. Uh, we meet at six thirty at the Portage Lake District Library community room in Houghton. Um, anyone is is welcome to join us. We also have a Facebook page if you want to search for that. Um, that also lists our meetings as well as our, our statements about our mission and our vision. And you can get more information that way also. Support for Healthy Minds, is it just a local chapter of, say, a larger organization? Or is this a whole new idea that we're trying to implement here in the Copper Country? It's a whole new idea, and it really uh, came from the sheriff in Keweenaw County um, starting this uh, project, um, asking us all to do better at supporting each other um, in the community forum. And um, so we're a grassroots organization. Um, I'm not aware of another one like us. Um, so come join us and help us uh, flourish and get the message out to the Copper Country. Obviously, Sheriff Kurt Penela was frustrated because law enforcement's hands are tied outside of extreme cases where we essentially can say with certainty that somebody is a potential harm to themselves. Maybe you can talk about that threshold and you know the challenges faced by mental health professionals, hospital workers, that kind of stuff, as far as what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do when dealing with someone who may be going through mental illness or depression of some kind. 
that's an area of a lot of misunderstanding. Um, people who aren't involved in mental health services will sometimes look at a case they read about in the paper and simply assume that somebody made a mistake or somebody's not doing their job. And in fact, um, all organizations have limitations on what they are allowed to do, um, including by law. Michelle Morgan from Keweenaw's Support for Healthy Minds, back to wrap up Copper Country today in a minute.